Well, hello everyone, and welcome back to Bougie Best Friend Podcast. I'm your host Coco or Cornelia, and I'm so happy you are with me today. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the Bougie Bestie community. We'll love to have you here, and if you are a regular listener, hi! I'm so happy that you are back. Today's episode is really special to me because I'm interviewing somebody who actually changed my life without knowing it. <laughs> I mean, she changed many lives. Her name is Mimi Bouchard, and she is an entrepreneur and a meditation teacher, meditation expert, and she's just so inspiring. She created an app called Superhuman, and it is a meditation app, but honestly, and you're going to see, we talked about this in the episode, her meditations are not like your typical traditional meditations. They're basically uplifting music with affirmations that just put you in such a good mental state. She has like long meditations, short, two minutes, pep talks, 30 minutes, leg up wall. I love her walking meditations. And that's something that I I love just walking and listening to her speak. And her voice is so soothing. In this episode, we talked about Mimi's journey. She's originally from Canada. She moved to London and now she's living in the Bahamas. We talked about how she even created the app and how she changed her life. At the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a special code so you can access her app, six weeks free trial. So stay tuned. By the way, something very interesting. I am currently recording this intro in my home country, Croatia, sitting in my old room where I grew up. And it's just such an interesting full circle moment because I changed my mindset so, so much. And Mimi was a huge part of it. I remember those days when I did not believe in meditation. I was like, that's not for me. That's like for those other people who have problems. Like that's just for those hippies or blah. Meditation is for everyone. When you find the right type of meditation and when you're doing it on your own terms. And I would love to inspire all of you to at least sign up for the free trial and see how you like it. I promise you, your life is going to be changed if you are ready for a change. Before we dive into this episode and you learn all about meditation and mindset, I would love for you guys to take a second and click that subscribe or follow button depending where you're listening to your episodes. It means the absolute world and you're going to get notifications every single week. And if you're enjoying my podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review. It's my fuel to keep on making these episodes for you guys. Now let's hear from Mimi. I have Mimi Bouchard on Bougie Best Friend Podcast today. Hi, Mimi. Hello. How are you doing? I'm doing fabulous. First off, when I was preparing for our conversation, I'm like, how am I going to introduce Mimi? You know, I always think about like, you know, the intro. And I'm like, first of all, you actually, I know you hear this a lot, but like you literally changed my life. A hundred percent. Are you serious? I'm serious. Like I'm serious. And I was going back to see when was the first time I listened to your meditation. I took a screenshot, by the way. You did. When was yes. it? Okay. So first off, the way I, March 28th this year. How did you find it? Mariana Hewitt. So I've been listening to Mariana for years and I was yeah. always like, you know, just like fashion stuff and, you know, the girly stuff. And yeah. I saw your episode and I'm like, okay, this is different. I never meditated before. And I was always like that kind of, I mean, I tried. I was that kind of person who was like, this is not really for me. You know, I'm not, the meditation is like for those yogis, for those people who are like, whatever. And, and I just moved to Miami. So it was like by two months of me living in Miami and I was going through a lot of like bad things before. So like moving to Miami was kind of just like, okay, new beginnings. Yeah. And I literally remember, I even took a photo in my phone, which I will send you later on when I listened to it, the first time I listened to because she dropped like a 30 minute meditation that you yeah, did on yeah. her podcast. Meditation to, to post. Yeah. And I just started bawling, crying. And I'm like, why am I crying? I was like, why am I crying? This is so weird. I'm like, and I never did. I never like, I'm not that type of person who's just gonna like ball cry on a meditation that I never heard before. And I didn't know anything about you. Like, I was just like, wow, this transformative. I was like, what is this? And then I started digging and then I started like learning more about you and like everything that you do. So I'm like, how do I even introduce the person that you're in my ear every single day when I'm meditating? <laughs> and I just did like my morning every journaling, everything. The reason why I really like wanted to have you on my podcast 
because first of all, just, I just admire everything you do, but also so women can see that their life is in their own hands. Like you can take control. And I also love when you're posting on your stories, like sometimes like your throwbacks. So like, this is the Mimi who used to drink and this is the Mimi who was so deeply unhappy and this is, and she's not that person anymore. So without me um, blabbing too much in the very beginning, I just wanted to say that you literally opened my eyes to a whole new world. So thank you for that. And also your retreat, I will Try, I will try to be on the second one. So let's let's just keep it at that. Oh, Cornelia, this is just like beautiful. I didn't know that that this was the story. And I'd love for you to come onto my podcast too. By the way, we're just launching a new series called Super Stories from members that have really seen a transformation from this work. Um, so let's chat after about that because mm-hmm. I'd love to have you on. Sounds good. Um, that's just so fulfilling. And you know, it's almost un unreal for me to hear. And as many people as we have on the app now, um, you know, over 10,000 people use the app regularly. And, you know, I, we get these messages all the time that, oh, this literally changed my life. And it's every single time I hear it, it's still so raw to me. And I, I, I refuse to get used to it. Like I refuse because the feeling it gives me is the most fulfilling thing in the world. So selfishly, thank you for making me feel this way. (laughs) And I am so grateful that it's had this impact. I think at the end of the day, this work, it's just what we already deeply know and we just need to hear. I'm just reminding you of who Mm -hmm. you are deep down. It's not, you know, like it's it's not me telling you something new. Like I'm reminding you Mm -hmm. of who you want to be, of your potential. And I think that's my purpose here on earth is to remind people of their potential and to bring them back to that big vision thinking um, and obviously creating. So I'm so thrilled. Okay. Before we start, I just need to know what's like the biggest change that you've experienced since using the meditations regularly. The biggest change I've seen is that you can actually change your state in a few minutes. If you let it, if you let your body and if you let yourself do yeah. that, because sometimes, you know, I, I, First of all, I'm like your biggest advocate for your app. I give it to everyone. I'm like, you have to listen to this. You have to listen to this. And sometimes I obviously see when people are not open to change. So like yeah. not nothing's going to change. But I was going through like a really bad phase at some point. And I was like, this is never going to change. Like I, I will never, ever ex- feel happy. I will never feel fulfilled. I will never, you know, your typical s- downward spiraling moments. And then when I moved to Miami, like things, yeah, looked better. And like, I felt like a new person. But then when I started listening to your uh, meditations, I was just like, I can actually change who I want to be, not not who I want to be, I can change who I am now by being who I'm who I always was meant to be. Yeah. And, you know, those like five minute meditations, when I'm just like pissed off, <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to listen to this right now. But what I love about your app is I listened to some other ones before, but I love that it's more like, it's not a meditation when you're like supposed to surrender and you're supposed to. It's not traditional. It's very, we actually are trying to figure out a word to change the word from meditation to a Mm -hmm. new word where it's not really meditation. It's like motivating, energizing self-improvement audio that like you can listen to at any moment of the day that just makes you feel radically different. That's like- something what also blows my mind is when you ask like you ask such good questions that that's something I wanted to ask you like how do you even come up with the questions but your questions are so good that makes you think of things that you would never even think about and then you come to these like new realizations of like the other day I was journaling actually and I was writing like what do I want blah 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 and the first thing that I wrote was family and I'm like I, I'm I'm like so career driven. I really, I really want to like make an impact and, you know, my career is my priority, but I never really felt how much I didn't realize how much family actually means to me. So that's something that, you know, okay. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, so I know pretty much all about you, but I know our listeners um, might not. So I know that you are from Canada. Yes. Okay. And then you moved to London. Tell me, why did you move to London? How was that experience? Yeah, so when I was, uh, I got into personal development around the age of 17, 18, and I lived in Canada my whole life. And around that time, I decided to go to university there for a year. Um, And while I was in 
university and in Canada, I had a, I started reading these personal development books and I had a quarter life crisis and a big epiphany of what I wanted to do with my life. So I, I simply decided to do something crazy and drop out and figure out how to move to a different country. And I, I guess I chose London because it was far away and everyone spoke English. So it was really <laughs> just one of those random decisions, me spinning, uh, you know, a, a globe and deciding where to go. Like it was one of those, it was very random, but, um, you know, I, I ended up going and I worked that whole summer, um, to save up, to go to London. And I got a working holiday visa and I just wanted to make it work at the time. I started a online magazine, fashion blog type of thing. And, uh, this was almost 10 years ago at this point. And then I moved to London and, uh, just, I, I ended up staying there for five years and, it was amazing. It was, uh, it really brought me out of my comfort zone. And I feel moving away from home, moving away from Canada allowed me a new space to become who I've always been meant to be. And I am very grateful to have been brought up in Canada. It's a great country, but I will say I never felt like I fit there. I never felt like this was home. I, I for, for some reason, never felt like I wanted to live in Canada. Uh, so I just followed that intuition hit and moved to London and it was great. And I learned a lot and I struggled a lot and I evolved a lot. And, um, you know, I've tried many different career paths since. And London was a very beautiful opportunity for me to try on many different hats and decide what I wanted to do and create a, a vision for my future that I desired and ultimately, I, you know, I, I left um, almost three years ago now to go on an adventure with my boyfriend. And now we live in the Bahamas. Uh, so that's a whole big jump. But now it's coming full circle because we're actually buying property in London now. So okay. spring, we're buying a flat there. So we're going to start spending three, four months out of the year in London again. Um, you know, we love the Bahamas, but it's a little bit, it's a little is slow paced. <laughs> is he, where's he from? Is he he's from British. London? Yeah, he's London. Okay. He's that makes sense. There. Uh, I wanted to circle back on what you said, like when you live, so I also, I'm born and raised in Croatia and I moved to the US eight years ago. Yeah. And what you said that like, sometimes w where you grow up, you just can't be who you are destined to be because maybe it's your circumstances, your friends, your family, you're supposed to play this part. Uh, when you were living in London, how was that experience for you? It was, there was a year, the first year I lived in London, it was incredibly uncomfortable. I was fully self-sufficient trying to make ends meet. I wasn't given any money by my parents. I was working four jobs to try to like, you know, do something to, to make rent while I was trying to make my online magazine work. And the four jobs were I'd, I'd wake up um, at 5.30 a.m. and go to the juice bar for 6 a.m. I worked at a juice bar from like 6 to 12 and then I would take the tube to the other side of the city and intern at this styling agency because uh, I wanted to be in fashion back then and then I would go nanny for this Italian family at night and sometimes do little odd jobs like dog walking and I were signed up to all these websites that you know gave you odd jobs to do um, so that was my life. And then at night I would try to work on my blog and, you know, network. I, I didn't know anybody when I moved to London. And one of the principles that I learned in this success book, reading the success principles by Jack Canfield, one of the first personal development books that I read, one of the principles in there, it states, your network is your net worth. And I wanted to have a high net worth. I wanted to create success for myself. I wanted to learn and explore the world. Right. So I, I started, you know, DMing and cold emailing all these random people, um, in London. So I've created a network for myself through literally doing that. I was at the juice bar when no customers were in, I'd be copy and pasting the same message to people trying to connect. Um, so yeah, just to answer your question though, going back to that, it was very uncomfortable. I had to be out of my comfort zone and, um, I, I was ready for it. I, of course, missed friends and family, but I was in a phase in my life where I wanted so badly to live a radically different way. And I, I wanted, I was so hungry that I, I knew that I would be committing myself for the coming years to put my head down and just work and, and create and just become something. And I was so driven. I remember it like it was yesterday, the Mimi 
that just moved to London at 19 years old was so driven and hungry. She was just ready to do whatever it took. And I'm so grateful for that version of me. I still have that fire inside of me that comes out when I need it to. I'm lucky enough now that I create my own schedule and I have staff that help me with my business. And, you know, I, I can really just do what I want right now, which is amazing, but I wouldn't be able to be at this place if I wasn't that version of me back then. Right. So I, I can turn it on when I need to, you know, the tireless nights when I'm trying to get a big project done um, or when, when, when it's necessary, but you know, it was a very special time in my life and I wouldn't have traded it for the world. I'm so grateful that I wasn't given everything at birth. I'm so grateful. My parents didn't have money to give me when I left the house. Um, I am very happy that I had to carve the way for myself. And of course, moments of my journey helped me and I created these opportunities for myself. And every single time I would get a yes, I would take it. I didn't really have that much of a plan. I just started saying yes to everything. So it was a very interesting experience. And I learned an incredible amount about myself. And, you know, I, I could tell everyone it was a linear journey. I always say it isn't. And, uh, you know, over the past eight, nine years, um, you know, going through this from, you know, really starting to where I am now, it has had so many ups and downs. There has been a crazy wild journey of just so many ups and downs and failures. And no one really knows about that. When, when you listen to people on podcasts, you just hear about the highlights and their story and how it happened. And then you wonder, oh, why isn't this happening for me? That person, it seems like it was so effortless for them. And the truth is, no, you know, you have to learn so much and, and every single failure that you face and every single rejection that you get, it's just getting you one step closer to where you're supposed to go. The trick is just not to give up, right? So I am pretty tired looking back on those years I lived in London. Like I get exhausted because I'm like, wow, I did so much. Mm -hmm. I was go, go, go the whole time. So I think that was why I needed to do a radical move like here to the Bahamas for a couple of years. And now I'm ready to dip my toe back into the city life. But yeah, yeah. I, 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 rem I remember my first years when I moved to New, I was living in New York for seven and a half, eight years. And then I moved to Miami and those first few years in New York, I was, I mean, I'm still very driven and fired up, but then that, that girl, like she it also did four jobs, the work at a, one restaurant, second restaurant. Like I, I was working nonstop. I was partying a lot because I wanted to meet so many people networking all the time. But then like, when I look back, I'm like, I, it was so exhausting, but I guess that's like that drive in you. And I also tried a bunch of different careers because I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I yeah. studied journalism back home, but then I was like, okay, well, I can do whatever I want in America. So let me just try that. So I would love to talk about your career path. So you mentioned that you were into fashion, you had a blog, and how did that kind of transpire into the Mimi today? Oh my gosh. I, when I tell you, I've tried every single type of business, <laughs> I am telling you, I have literally tried every single type of business. So I, yeah, it started as a fashion blog, online magazine type of thing. Um, and then it slowly turned into TV work. So my visa was expiring for London and this was my top priority at the time. Keep a visa for London, stay in London. Um, you know, I really didn't want to go back to Canada and this, I didn't have a lot of money. You know, it's hard to get visas. If you don't have a lot of money. You have to get I, I know, I know all of, I'm still on a visa actually. I'm still on a work yeah. visa. Yeah. 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 So it's uh visa thing is tough. You know, they really only give like the wealthy, very big opportunities to live in, in countries because it, you know, requires either a big investment or whatever. So I had to figure it out. And, uh, I was at one of these networking events from someone I met through DMing them. And I met this woman who was an agent and I told her, Oh, I want to get into TV. I started deciding I wanted to be a presenter on TV because I started to do these videos for the online magazine. And I really enjoyed talking to the camera and I was very, um, you know, uh, bubbly. And, uh, I was actually going through a video the other day from back then. And I was like, Oh my God, I was terrible on camera. I looked and acted so different and I was just talking so fast and I was just so keen. It was really cute. But anyway, so I met this agent and, uh, 
she told me, she was like, okay, well, you want to be a TV presenter to get a visa, right? And I'm like, yes, do you have any connections? And she was like, well, I do, but I'm going to be honest with you. I represent a lot of presenters and it's a really hard industry and they definitely will not uh, sponsor you as a Canadian with a Canadian accent. It's really hard to be a presenter in the UK and it's just not one of those things that would get you a visa, as she said. But if you can get yourself on this reality show called Made in Chelsea, I will represent you right away and I can promise you they'll get you a visa and I said I've never considered that before in my life but you know what this visa is everything to me so let's freaking go so I then got myself on this show and did not take no for an answer and uh, essentially in doing so had to accept the fact that they would tell me exactly what to do and say and portray me as a character that was not necessarily aligned with who I was at all Um, but to me, I was in a phase where I just wanted to get to the top. I wanted to get this visa. I wanted to start building an audience. I wanted to get money. Um, and uh, yeah, it was really funny because I did this show then for two years and it pretty much taught me so much I need to, or everything I needed to know about people and, and humanity. Mm-hmm. And um, I was so naive at the time and I really had to, but the first, you know, episode, how old were you then? Uh, 20 to twenty uh, 20 to 21 and a half. So I actually only mm-hmm. did it for a year and a half. Yeah. 20 to mm-hmm. 21 and a half. Um, yeah, well, two years, you know, but by the end of it, I was just doing one episode every month or two, but so, yeah. So, yeah. I don't want to talk a lot about that experience, but like the, it was like a dating show or what was so, it? It's kind of, I describe it as the Hills in the UK. Okay. So it's just like, a it's a very staged reality show about a social uh-huh. group that that's portrayed to be very rich because they were made in Chelsea. And I was literally filming during the day, getting paid 50 pounds a day, because that's what they paid at the beginning, 50 pounds a day. And then I was going to like nanny and dog walk at night (laughs) because I was so fucking bored. Look at this big shot cleaning my dog's poop. That's like I would I would buy clothes from Zara, keep the tags on and like return them the next day. It was really, it was like living a split life. You know, people would take pictures of me. I was on the public transport on the tube. And people would take photos of me and I'm like, I, you think I'm someone and I'm not. Um, but anyway, it was an interesting experience. And, you know, I like to say that they used me just as much as I used yeah. them. You know, they got me the visa, which was awesome, but I yeah. played a part where what they needed me to play. And I really just was great. I was great on the show because I did exactly what they, they told me to. So um, whatever, but it was a very weird time as well, because it was just quite a negative environment and a lot of partying. Um, so I kind of lost myself a little bit there, but, you know, luckily I met Ben, who's my boyfriend here. And, uh, we met over five years ago and, uh, we met when I was just about to kind of leave the show. Uh, it wasn't that great for me anymore, but they were just getting me a visa for the upcoming year. So I still had to like be Mm -hmm. some part of it. So when I met him, I just started like not doing what they wanted me to. So they kind of stopped filming me less and it was just a gradual um, exit. And uh, then I just started seeing Ben. I I didn't want, Mm -hmm. you know, to have a relationship uh, really on the show because it just ruins it. And he was very special to me. So yeah, and then I left. And at that point, I was lucky enough to have built my online brand a little bit more and uh, doing collabs with brands, like doing ads uh, on my Instagram. And I started a podcast by that point too. Um, Yeah, you had your podcast for a long time before the podcast craze started. I was, yeah, I was definitely one of the first podcasters like in this industry. Yeah, Yeah, it was a a long time ago, around five years ago. And um yeah. So then I, I started my podcast, which was great because I was getting sponsors on that and that was growing. So I just started kind of building my own thing. And, and, you know, for a few years after I had left the show, it was mostly doing collabs. And then I started, um, trying to actually do another TV show. So I, I got really into TV, but not necessarily in the talent side of things. Um, I had met an old producer from the old show I was on and um, I I was creating a new show to be uh, an exec producer and a creator of the show. And it actually sold, um, well, (laughs) 
I'm not going to say sold because it didn't end up happening, but we had signed contracts with one of the biggest networks in the US, but last minute it kind of fell through our mm-hmm. fingers because one of the people involved didn't want to be involved anymore. And there was a big fight. Um, so that was a year of my life. I, I was going to wow. be an executive producer for a show on E. It was crazy. So, um, and not even exec producer, creator of a show. Like it was, it was a really crazy experience because I was 22, 23 at the time. Um, and it was just wild that that even happened. So I'm, can I don't you even do care. it again somehow? Like, can you, no, I don't even want to anymore either. It's, yeah. it's not, it was with my family as well. Uh-huh. I have, I have some, you know, all the women in my family are, you know, they are on Instagram. They're pretty, you know, they're, so it was really one of those things, but honestly, no, I, I mm-hmm. actually would reject that now. Um, it, I don't want to be in reality. It's not a healthy mm-hmm. place to be. And I'm doing so much better with yeah 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 so yeah I wouldn't do it again but it was an awesome experience and one of the most epic failures I've ever had um actually and I had worked so hard towards it and everyone was relying on me but I just it it was out of my control by the end of it but it was an incredibly cool experience and uh yeah and that failed and then I started working with this um online education company uh you know this was probably three four years ago and uh these two big investors that I had met wanted to create this like creator academy type of thing. And they needed someone like me to help build the curriculum. And they were, you know, really wealthy men and, you know, they, they really wanted to make this work. So I got equity and I created this program with them and I worked on this for a year. Um, and then again, something happened and, and it mm-hmm. failed because they put all their marketing budget into actually an influencer. With oh my 10- God. I, I remember this story. I listened to remember it on that? one of your podcasts. Oh my God. Yeah. But please, please share okay. for our listeners. I'm not really going to say who or what, but it was a creator that had like tens of millions of followers that we had a couple hundred thousand in marketing budget to launch. Um, cause they only wanted to put a certain amount into this product. You know, we had already put, you know, seven figures into it. Well, we, they, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was, we, we had a couple hundred thousand for marketing budget or around that. I don't really remember specifics anyway. So this one creator, mm-hmm like her agent manipulated this one of our investors essentially saying, okay, if you do it with us, like we'll get you X amount of returns. And he ended up spending all of that marketing budget on this girl. It's like three, yeah, that's three posts. And she literally didn't convert one person. All of her followers are Indian men. Like, yeah. you know, like it, it, she had like a very, I just didn't really have much involvement in that. So it's, it's, I don't know. It, we would have done it differently for sure in retrospect, but that's, um, that, that's what happens when people think that influencers like, okay, if you have a couple of million followers, that that's such a great investment. But they don't like see 30 that. million followers. Yeah. She was one of the OG kind of comedy vine type of, mm-hmm. she did not convert at all and fully took advantage of these guys saying that she was going to deliver a video that was fully produced and just didn't. And it was, it was just terrible actually. And they spent over a hundred thousand on that one post and it didn't convert at all. And it just Mm -hmm. like kind of just started falling through the cracks. Um, So that failed essentially. And then I started um, creating Mimi method, which was my old subscription platform. I really liked the nature of a, a digital um, subscription platform for, for, from a business perspective. So I just started posting videos on their health and wellness and fitness videos. And, um, you know, I wanted to add extra value to it. So I decided to post these guided meditations right at the bottom, kind of hidden away. And they ended up being the most popular thing on the app. And, uh, slowly I started to see that this was just insane product market fit. And I just pivoted the entire business to superhuman and, you know, spent a good amount on a really high-end marketing agency to help me rebrand and go global. And we did loads of research on how this new product should be. And I just really believed in it and relaunched Superhuman just over a year ago. And it's been fucking crazy. So it's just, (laughs) it's crazy how many things can lead up to what you end up doing. And I know this is not my last business at all. So I'm excited to see what happens in the future, but it's just crazy how things can change and evolve. You just have to keep leaning in. You know, I, I actually created these unique guided meditations and you know, the story when I started getting into personal growth, you know, six, seven years ago, I would record these like pep talks Mm -hmm. to myself on my voice memos on my phone because I was trying traditional meditation, but it was too spiritual woo woo for me. I hated thinking about nothing, clearing my mind. I didn't want to like surrender. Can I just add something that most times it's a guy, a male voice who's supposed to be soothing. I'm like, I don't want to hear an old man whispering in my ear when I'm about to go to sleep Uh, or wake. It was just so... 
that's why I was like, I don't want to, meditation is not for me. Like, I don't want to do it because it just felt very uncomfortable more than what superhuman makes me feel, but please continue. Interesting. Yeah. I never noticed that. I always find the ones that I used to listen to were, you know, whatever, female or male. I just like, didn't like the Mm -hmm. the content. I didn't like, like I'm, yeah, I'm spiritual, but you know, I don't, I don't know. I just, I wanted something actionable that made me feel physically very different. I wanted my state to change and I wanted to benefit from all the visualization research that I was doing when it was, you know, when I was reading all these books on success and creating the life of your dreams. I, and they always say visualize mental rehearsal. And I just didn't know how to do that without the traditional meditation. So I just started recording these things that I'd listened to, um, throughout the day in any moment Mm -hmm. of the day. And, um, then I just, yeah, I started kind of adding variations of that and it just kicked off. So that's really my whole life story. <laughs> yeah. Often people ask, like, how do you manifest? How do you visualize? And I still struggle with it sometimes, but like when I'm meditating and when I'm, I literally close my eyes and I try to picture it, it specific, and, and that's what you're, you're always guiding us to do, like picture it, how you feel, what you're wearing. But can you tell us for those who are just like, so they're still not used to meditation. They don't know how to manifest, but they want to get to that level. Yeah, it's actually very simple. Don't think it's hard. All you need to do is physically with your body, become the type of energy of person that has what you desire. So it's not about visualizing a hundred million dollars in your bank account. It's not about you know, thinking about what you want. It's simply changing your energy to match what you want and not even your energy, adjusting your self-image to align with the self-image of your desired future. So for example, I'll use a very simple example. If you want to lose weight, if you want to lose five pounds or 10 pounds and become a healthier person, stop dieting and doing these things that make you feel like you're the kind of person that is overweight, that has trouble losing weight. Just simply change your self-image and do this subconscious reprogramming work enough that you start changing how you feel about yourself and your energy and your thoughts and your beliefs and your actions because you're simply acting as if you are already the type of person, the version of you that is healthy. I have lost 20 pounds. I had a weight loss journey in this whole process too. And it's really the same thing as anything. It's losing weight, making more money, creating more abundance in your life, Mm -hmm. more happiness with your relationships, whatever it is. And I just use this example because it's so tangible and simple, but I just started becoming the kind of person that didn't have a binge eating disorder, that didn't restrict, that didn't diet. I became the kind of person that liked to exercise because it felt good. And I started becoming the kind of person that didn't think about food all day, that wasn't obsessed with food and what I was going to eat next or what I was not going to eat next. And when I became that version of me, everything else happened effortlessly. I effortlessly started stepping into the body that I wanted. I effortlessly didn't even crave having too much food. Like I didn't, I don't like overeating. I dislike Mm -hmm. the feeling in my body because I like to be this version of me that feels healthy and it's not healthy to feel pain from overeating. So, you know, I really just changed myself. I used to hate the type of people that would say the shit that I'm saying now. I (laughs) I know me too. I swear I used to be that same way. I was like, this is all mumbo jumbo. I'm going to go like, just do whatever I want to do. And yeah, it's crazy how you just like, you have to get to that level, realizing that this is not where I want to be and that I want to like grow above it and be the person who I'm supposed to be. That weight loss example is, yeah, tell them more about your weight loss. Like, like do you do any specific No, exercises? I do whatever the hell I feel like doing. I, I really practice intuitive eating and intuitive exercise. Like when I first started this journey, I actually was very obsessed with dieting and with doing mm-hmm certain types of things. And you even listen to the first hundred episodes of my podcast. It's like so much about like, Oh, I'm doing this keto thing now. Oh, I'm doing mm-hmm. this vegan thing. I, I was just like all over the freaking place. So no, I, I trust my body to tell me exactly what it needs. And I eat whatever I want and I work out in whatever way I feel like it. And I feel zero guilt when I indulge and give myself a treat. If I'm feeling like I literally have no rules and I move my body when I want to. And for my longevity and for my health, I, I don't, I, I know that my body responds to my energy and restriction actually does not create the body I desire. Mm. And I've realized that and I've seen it in action. So I don't restrict and I'm just not the kind of person that in, that has trouble with food. And it's crazy because I used to be so much and I was actually ingrained 
in this negative food pattern mindset my whole life because growing up, you know, my mom was always on diets. She always struggled with her weight. She always, you know, gave put beliefs in my sister and I's brains about mm-hmm. body and weight loss and how our family just isn't as skinny as the cousins and, you know, all these mm-hmm. things. And I just like, and, and, you know, bless my mom and she's gone through so much growth herself, but that was something that really affected me. And I, I think me doing this work on myself really helped. I definitely went to an extreme at one point. And then now it's just this incredible balance and I would not do it any other way. I, I really cannot tell you and stress enough that I'm just the kind of person that maintains the body I enjoy having. And I'm definitely, you know, I'm a woman, like I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not super skinny. Like I, I'm, I'm, you know, like I have an, a bit of an hourglass shape, like I'm, you know, I'm petite and small, but mm-hmm. I definitely, when I was a bit more extreme a couple of years ago was a lot smaller. Um, I don't want to be that small. Mm-hmm. I, I want to feel like I, I don't mind having a layer of fat on my stomach. I think it's sexy. I, I don't mind. Like I, I really just love myself now. And mm-hmm. my body responds to that. Like, it's really crazy. I've seen this enormous shift in my body since I've just started loving it so hard. And I listen to it. And if it wants something, and I'm really, I, I, I'm tuned in with my cycle. You know, mm-hmm. I'm starting my period in a few days and I've noticed, okay, I need a little bit more substance. I'm, I'm craving maybe a good piece of grass-fed filet for dinner, mm-hmm. or maybe I want some extra chocolate, or maybe I want wake up in the morning and I eat right away because I'm hungry and I'm okay with any of that. I, I literally have no rules. I don't fast. I just eat whatever, whenever, and I enjoy healthy food. Um, so I do eat that because I, I genuinely like the taste and, and it makes me feel good. But if I wanted to have an Oreo, I would have an Oreo, mm-hmm. you know, for lunch. Or five. <laughs> yeah, or five, exactly. But, but but no, but I don't binge though. That's the thing. Like I could, if I wanted to have five, but like, I don't over, like overeating doesn't feel good to me anymore. And that's part mm-hmm. of my self-image because I used to have an issue with binge eating and feeling comfort within overeating. Um, so I'm okay. Like sometimes I leave one bite of food on my plate because I'm like literally just full and it looks stupid, but mm-hmm. I used to struggle so much with that. I used to always have to finish everything on my plate, but I like that um, that, that really tuned in feeling I have with my body and I'm not going to eat just to eat. Right. So, you know, even for lunch today, I had a piece of sourdough bread with, you know, like cheddar cheese and a hard boiled egg, like random Mm -hmm. thing. Like I literally just eat whatever my body is craving and Mm -hmm. it's really weird and random sometimes. And it's not always like the healthiest thing, but you know, it usually is. I don't know. You mentioned self-love and I know that's such a broad conversation and broad statement, but for those who might be struggling with their own self-love, because like my content is mostly about dating and people always ask me like dating questions. Why is this guy doing that? Why is this guy doing that? And I usually say like, if you really truly love yourself, you wouldn't let this, you wouldn't let a person treat you like that. Like you wouldn't let this be, you, this behavior wouldn't be acceptable. This guy would not be attractive and you would just not entertain him at all. So I always say like, you really need to realize like why you're letting this, these things happen to you because you're letting it happen because you are in control. So for those who might be struggling with that self-love, or maybe they're in a relationship that makes them feel super shitty and they are, you know, maybe they're thinking of leaving or maybe they, they're just not happy with where they are and they want to do that first step and like enter that self-love zone. Yeah. I think this is, yeah, it's a self-worth problem. And and this is all tied to a self-image problem. And I, I, my work is rooted in self-image work and how you see yourself creates your life. So Yes, this is a self-worth issue and self-love is not as simple as, as, you know, oh, I'm going to do my gua sha today for Mm -hmm. self-love. Like, it's not that at all, actually. It's respect to to yourself, I believe. I think Mm self-worth and and self-love is, is being respectful towards yourself and, and seeing your worth and understanding that everything that you create in your life is aligned with the standards that you hold in your life. So when you are in a shitty relationship and he doesn't treat you well and you're staying in it because you don't know what else to do, you're just worried that you're not going to find something better deep down. You just don't have that self-worth inside of you. But the moment that you create that inner confidence with yourself and understand that you create your life, you can have an amazing relationship. You can find the man of your dreams. You can create abundance and and create a business for yourself that is thriving. Like you can have all of those things 
it just comes down to you and are you willing to create the self-image that has that? So I guess that's a long-winded answer and it's not simple, but I think the, the more promises you keep to yourself, the more confidence you build and the more self-worth that you create within you, um, you know, the more that you're going to feel like you want to give yourself the world. Mm-hmm. When, it, when people say like, you need to put in the work, you need to like work on yourself. I know what I mean by that when I say it, but I'm curious, what do you mean by that? I don't even like calling it work. It's just like Mm -hmm. becoming like, you just have to like do it's less of, it's more about not doing certain things than doing certain things. So what are the things that make you feel like shit for me? It used to be disordered eating habits and, and more recently it was overdoing technology that would make me feel numb and shitty. What are those things that you do that don't make you feel good? And um, how can you add something into your life that makes you feel better? It's really just like your whole life is just made out of how you feel every day, right? Mm -hmm. Your whole life is made up of that. And I want to feel happy and grateful and in the moment and, and confident in myself and that I'm creating this amazing life. So what do I need to do every day that makes me feel that way? So it, it get granular and, and it's not small, right? Like everything matters, I believe. This is just to give you a better picture of like why you should do something like a meditation or go on a walk or not look at your phone for the th- first 30 minutes of the day. This is why mornings are really important. So think about it this way. Your mornings create your day because when you have a good morning, you usually have a good day and vice versa. Your days create your weeks, your weeks, create your months, months, then become your years and your years become your life. So when you actually think about that from a bird's eye view, you realize how important mornings are, you know, mm-hmm. like, what are you doing in your morning? If, if you show me your morning, I'll show you what your, your future. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah. I remember when I was like, not in the self-love state, um, my phone was the first thing in my you know, my phone, my comments, my trolls, my, my emails, people constantly needing something from me. And I felt like I didn't even get out of bed and I felt so exhausted. So I really started implementing, I know a lot of like wellness people say that, but like you, you really can't use your phone for 30 minutes. Like, yeah, check it. Like maybe see if there's any emergency going on. But like when you, I remember one day I was, it was in, I was in a horrible mood and I looked at my phone and there was somebody insulting me for whatever reason on social media. Uh, and I started crying and I, I live with my boyfriend. So like, he's obviously next to me and he, he's like, what is going on? What happened? I'm like, well, this is how I'm starting my day. And I'm like, I I'm aware that I'm doing something that's going to make me feel bad about myself and I'm still doing it. I wanted to ask you, like, since your business is so, I mean, obviously online and like, you have to be surrounded with technology all the time. You have to see what's going on on Instagram. You have to post, like you have to be, you know, on top of that side, but like, how do you handle that? And at the same time, you maintain, you know, your peace, because for example, comparing yourself to other people is, you know, horrible that you shouldn't do that. It's going to stop you. But at the same time, like sometimes I see myself like, okay, well, if I don't see what other people are doing. I might be, you know, out of the loop. Maybe I'm not following the trends, but at the same time, I know that I am, you know, people like me for me when it comes to my content and et cetera. So I would just love to hear your opinion on, you know, consuming social media to kind of like stay in the loop, but at the same time, protecting your peace. Honestly, I get to a point where when I start feeling like the past month, I've been doing this when I start feeling not energetically aligned I honestly just delete Instagram off my phone like I want to be posting more and my team wants me to be posting more but I just like mm-hmm. maybe once a week I'll post um and I'm trying to be better and my team's going to start reposting stuff more so um you know that we're a bit more on the map but to be honest with you yeah I just I delete the app off my phone for a couple of days at a time especially when I need to focus for work this is a new thing for me Um, And I also just have, and the more I do that, the less I have a habit of like scrolling all day long. For me, a little bit of scrolling is fine. Mm -hmm. But when it starts becoming this like mindless scrolling where you kind of feel numb, then I, then that's not good for me. So it's really trial and error. You know, sometimes you need to do the extreme and just delete the app and then have it off for a couple of days. Um, I also like have 
blocked a lot of words on my comments. I used to get um, a few rude comments. I don't, I haven't gotten one in a long mm-hmm. time on my Instagram. TikTok's a whole different beast, but um, <laughs> yeah, like I always just get offended when people like say something like, oh, like superhuman is too expensive. I'm like, really? Like 15 to 30 bucks a month is, to change your life is too much for you. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm really sorry. <laughs> we upload new content every single day. It costs me hundreds of thousands to run this fucking app. So it's, it's a luxury app. Anyway, so that's when I get defensive when we're talking about my baby here. But, um, you know, I, yeah, I, I'm, I don't know. I also like, I've recently started posting on my TikTok, you know, like, oh, like, you know, when you start meditating, then this happens in your life and I just find it funny there are always some comments being like that's not true like yeah, you don't yeah, earn yeah. six figures a month that's not true you haven't done all of this I'm like yeah I do <laughs> and yeah I have but you know if you want to live in a reality where that's you do you possible, if that's not possible for you you know I'm really sorry I don't know how I can help you but I'm here to be an expander so um mm-hmm. yeah to answer your question though yeah if when I get to that point I just delete the app because I just, yeah, but, um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm not perfect. And sometimes I'll respond to some of those comments being like, really, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love responding sometimes because like with my TikTok, it boosts the views. I am an influencer in a sense, like I post for people to comment and engage sometimes. Like mm-hmm. I know sometimes the content I post, I just know people are going to say something negative. My boyfriend lives in Chicago and he lives close to, um, you know, that house for home alone. Mm-hmm. and we were walking by and I took a video obviously I know that's home alone house and I took a video I'm like why is everybody standing here like I don't get it and I I put the home alone soundtrack in the in my TikTok people started going wild insulting me that ha- like did you did you grow up without a tv I mean maybe maybe I did I didn't but like maybe I did I feel so bad for some people out there on the internet honestly I I genuinely wish them the best like I really hope that some of these people change I could never comment something rude on someone else's yeah. video. like think about the the state of mind you'd have to be in to do mm-hmm. that think about the type of energy you'd need to be completely engulfed in to want to try your best to tear someone else down for a moment mm-hmm. you know it's I try to think about that and I actually just can't envision it because I just don't understand you know it's so, and to me, it's so obvious that when there's a comment like that, it's, it's everything to do with them. And it actually has nothing to do with me. And it makes me know that they aren't a happy person. Don't, do they not know that, that we know mm-hmm. that, that they're not a happy person? <laughs> like that's yeah. embarrassing too. Like why imagine you're scrolling on TikTok and you see one of your friends po- like wrote, wrote, write a mean comment on a celebrity's post. Like how embarrassing is that for the friend? Like I have a story for you. I, I- I told this to one more person, but this person knew who was this about. But so one day I was hanging out with a girlfriend, super close, like super, super close girlfriend. And she was showing me something on her Instagram. And I was, I had her phone in my hands and something like there was a notification that showed up and I think I clicked it by accident. And I accidentally logged into her burner Instagram account. And I was like, okay, this is weird. I shouldn't look but I will <laughs> I saw her message mod like celebrities hate comments she was talking shit about like you're using too much photoshop and I I I, I, I didn't confront her <laughs> I just gave her her phone back and I changed my opinion about her period I'm not friends with her anymore we had our own issues but sometimes it's your friends, but just have a burner account. And I changed my opinion about her since that day. And I told this other friend, that's the only person that knows about this. And now I'm sharing it with you and everybody on my podcast. But, um, and she was like, no, it's not true. Like she, she probably shares the account with somebody else. And she, I'm like, come on, (laughs) you know, it's her. So yeah. So embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah. And I never, I never asked her about it. And, but funny enough, like she was, always 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 over editing her photos and she was commenting to this person like why are you using so much photoshop like you look like whatever yeah super super insecure funny enough like I tried helping her and I tried being there for her and I tried you know I give I gave my because I I think I'm a really good friend and I really give a lot to my friends and she just didn't want to take it so 
I, I don't know what's going on with her today. I, I wish her well. But to your point, like if you see your friend doing something like that, you, you would be freaked out. I mean, people lose jobs over this. But back to our Being Our Best Self uh, podcast, what I wanted to ask you about your retreat. So can you give us like a background? First of all, what was the retreat? What was the agenda? How did you feel after Oh my gosh, it was the most amazing week of my life. I kind of last minute decided to do this uh, six person or a six day, 20 ish person luxury retreat in Arizona. Um, and this, this happened almost two months ago and it was amazing. I just like, there's so much that we covered and all the women there got so close and we all just like had the most amazing time. Like, I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was better than I could have ever imagined. And um, it was so special. We're actually going to launch the course version of it, the online, like we had it all filmed. I flew my videographer in to film most of the workshops. So mm-hmm. um, I'm launching the course soon. Um, I'll give it to you. It's, mm-hmm. it's really cool. Um, it's like a 28 part uh, course and it's all video content. Um, but yeah, you know, it's, it's, we basically touched on everything that it takes to create the ultimate life, whether that's abundance, relationships, health, um, you know, creating that, that life you want. And it, we meditated, um, you know, we went really deep. I taught these workshops that I honestly didn't even know how they came out of me. There were all of my work was just there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, it was a really cool experience. It was, we ate, you know, the best food. We were at this amazing five-star spa and it was just like out of control. I'm definitely going to do at least one or two a mm-hmm. year. It's a lot to, to book and yeah. to organize, but it was so special. And I'm still in a, a, a telegram group with the 20, 20 women. Well, there were supposed to be 25, but some people last minute, like their mm-hmm. flight they couldn't get on their flight because they weren't vaccinated or like things like that would happen. I love it. Maybe this was wonderful. I would love for you to leave our listeners with like some kind of final thoughts. I, I would honestly say, you know, if you're listening to this and you're interested in changing your life or improving your life in any way, just know it's possible and whatever you want, you can actually have. And I'm here to tell you that you can have it all. I was always taught growing up that you can't have it all. That was an affirmation. My parents Mm -hmm. always told me you cannot have it all, but I'm actually here to believe on this earth that you can have it all. You can feel amazing about yourself, have a great relationship, have the career that you desire and have the life that you want. And, and I guess that's what I want to tell you, you know, Mm -hmm. that you can have it all. And you just have to simply become the kind of person that has what you want. And there are so many different ways to do that. Um, you know, writing a lot, journaling, getting clear, um, but then also simply, you know, reminding yourself in any given moment of who you want to be. And that's why we created superhuman because it helps you do that, but you don't need superhuman. It just really helps. It's a, it's a tool that uh, increases your odds at success essentially. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all up to you. Uh, can you please tell everybody where can they follow you, your Instagram, your TikTok, and all, um, all your socials? Yes. Yeah, so my Instagram is just at Mimi Bouchard, TikTok Mimi.Bouchard. Um, you can find, you can learn more about superhuman and sign up at superhuman.app. So not.com, but app. So www.superhuman.app and go check it out there. And we have a free meditation. You can see, we have loads of testimonials. Um, and that's pretty much it. Thank you so much for having me, Cornelia. And uh, let's definitely connect again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the episode. I hope you enjoyed. And if you did, please share it with a friend or post it on your Instagram. I love seeing where you guys are listening to the episodes. And as mentioned, I have a promo code for you. If you would like to receive your six weeks free trial of the Superhuman app, please head on to the show notes and there's going to be a link where you can sign up. Basically, you need to go to their website and use promo code COCO. But if you click the link, you're automatically going to be redirected to their website. Please don't forget to leave a five-star rating and review wherever you're listening to your podcasts. Okay, that's all from me, guys, and I'll see you next week.